because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey into our inner lives and see how we can use these tools of consciousness, our thoughts, our feelings, beliefs, experiences, everything that we have to improve both our inner life and our outer life, and thus bringing an improved and enhanced total life. All right. Well, in this total life, we live a world of opposites. Okay, there's me, there's you, there's up and down, left and right, this and that, figure and ground. That is what's in the foreground and what's in the background. They have to be different. They have to differentiate from each other or you're not going to be able to see anything, right? Now, in the Bible, in the New Testament, when Jesus was asked, when will you return, Master? He replied, when the two have been made one when the inner is like the outer. Hmm. Sounds a lot like living the inner life. But on this, where the two have been made one, it's a very interesting quote. And it really makes me think right away of Taoism with yin and yang, which is a great set of instructions and can provide a really clear insight into this world of opposites using yin and yang. Okay, so there is the dark yin and the light yang. And that relates to a host of opposites from inner and outer, from feminine and masculine, and cold, hot, you name it. Anything that you can think of that has an opposing or polar opposite that you would be able to bring up with this yin and yang or black and white. We even use that as, you know, black and white, or it's as different as night and day. It's in our common language. We use this opposite to distinguish one from the other. All right. But in Taoism, they're not really separate. Okay. That's a way to distinguish one side of something like a coin from the other side or from one extreme to another, but they are polar opposites that exist on the same pole, okay? And if you don't have this pole that they are connected with, then you don't have the opposites, okay? And since you do have this pole, The opposites are really just different ends of the same thing, okay? And actually, let me turn to electricity. That's a really good way of describing how these opposites, you have the negative and the positive terminals on a circuit, and the circuit has to be closed in order for an electric current to pass through it, okay? But you can't have, like, just negative electricity, And you can't have just positive electricity, okay? There's no battery with one terminal, okay? You have to have both. You have the plus and the minus. And when they're connected, you have an electric circuit. So that may be one way of describing something in our everyday world. 
of this, what is kind of abstract and really esoteric, this reconciliation, this union of the opposites. Okay, and the way we can get there is to look at them as being parts of the same whole. Parts that when you're looking at the whole, when you're conceiving something as a whole, complete unit, it may have these two sides, but they're not separate from each other. Okay, you can't just have a left half, okay, without the right part. Okay, you have to have up if you're talking about down or upper and lower. Like, I don't have an upper nose and a lower nose, I just have a nose. Now, I may have a left and a right nostril. I don't have a front nose and a back nose. All right. I have a front and I have a back, <laughs> but my nose is all in the front. So it's a way of describing things that are not only positioned in a certain way, but the important thing is in the relation to each other. So you're not really going to have one without the other. In fact, it's because you have both that you have both. Okay, that may or may not make sense, but I'll go further into, well, where I started with night and day. Okay, that's the entire earth, this whole world we live in. Half of it is in nighttime and half of it is in daytime. Now, when you're on the earth and the earth is turning and the sun moves relative to that rotation, it looks like, well, here comes the sun and it's daytime. It's bright out. You can see everything. And 12 hours later, the sun sets and it becomes dark. And now you have a whole nother way of looking at things. There are stars that you couldn't see during the day. Uh, there are animals and sounds of the nighttime that come out and other things are more difficult to do and to see because it's dark. But if you pull back from the earth and you look at it from outer space, you're just really going to see a sphere that has one side in the light and another side in the dark all the time. Even if the earth is spinning around on its axis, even if it's revolving around the sun at any given time, all the time, half of the earth is lit by the sun and the other half is in shadow cast by the rest of the earth. Okay. So they seem like opposite things, but they're really happening at the same time. Same with left and right. Okay. There's a left side of the road and the right side of the road. Now there, if there's two lanes, there might be a right lane and a left lane, and you could choose which one to be in. But there are two, so you have to have a left one and a right one. If there weren't two, you would just have the lane, okay, or the road. You wouldn't have a left side or a right side. But because you have one, you have the other, okay? And it's in this connection, this deep, deep connection that all opposites have with each other is how we can get back if we were ever there in the first place. But that is a goal of a lot of spiritual traditions. It's in, obviously, in Taoism, as we've been saying. Um, and that was really clear that it's an illusion. 
okay? The Tao is this undifferentiated one where there is no distinguishing one thing from another thing because it's everything. It's like infinity or say like the singularity in science before the Big Bang. Everything was there. Nothing was separated. Um, and biblically, if you look in Genesis, uh, in the beginning there was the void, and then there was night, and there was day, and there was the heaven, and the earth was all this cutting things up into these opposites, all right, and becoming more and more defined, more and more distinguished, I guess, from something else that it's not. And we get so caught up in all these differences, all right, and by doing that socially, we're kind of pitting one against the other, all right? We're not seeing that we are connected on a much deeper level than on the surface. On the surface, things maybe can look dramatically different or different personalities can appear to be different. But deep down inside, we're all, in a lot of ways, the same. And even if we're not, we are very deeply connected. Okay, there's one earth. It says there's seven seas, all these different oceans. There's really one, okay? And they're all connected, and they all rise and fall according to the tides. And there are all these land masses called continents, which are like giant islands. Um, but there's one world ocean, okay? There's one globe. There's one human race. We have all these subcategories that we get so caught up in, okay? And in Taoism, they called it the one, then there was the two, became the two, the yin and the yang, became the three, which became the 10,000 things, all right? And that's everything. That's the whole world of confusion, diversity in a not-so-good way, uh, diversity meaning um, not that you have different aspects that should be celebrated or recognized. That diversity is awesome. I like going to an ice cream place and having all the different choices or a restaurant or seeing a diverse people, right? You can learn more from people that aren't like you <laughs> or don't look like you or speak like you do. You know, that's what's great about uh, an interchange or an exchange um, of personalities and different things, but we get so caught up in the differences that it actually pushes us apart, okay? And that may seem like a very real thing, but honestly, it's not, okay? We are more connected than we are separated, all right? You can think of the ocean uh, or a large body of water like a lake, okay, on the surface, there can be waves, and each one is different. It looks like they're separate. Oh, there's this wave, there's that wave. Oh, there's another one coming. Um, looks very different, but it's not. They're all connected. It's actually, a wave isn't really a thing. It's kind of like when you flip a blanket or a sheet, when you're making the bed and it ripples and it sends the ripple down it doesn't really move. It kind of moves up and down and it looks like this undulation, it looks like it's moving forward, but it's not really, okay? It's still the same water and underneath the wave, beneath the surface, that's this deep connection. 
Okay, and it goes all the way down. Just like we are. Just like the earth is. Seems like it's night and day. During the day when you're on earth and you're looking out and up and it's bright out and then the sun goes down and it's dark. Very, very different. If you're out in space looking at the earth, half of it is lit, half of it is in shadow all the time. It's not half day and half night all the time for our experience because we are on a particular place on the earth. And since it's moving relative to the sun, that we have this change or this illusion of change, like the moon phases, okay? From where we're standing, we look up and see the moon. Oh, it's a crescent moon. Okay, now it's a half moon. Oh, it's a full moon. And it's waning again, and then it's a new moon. You can't really see it because it's too close to the sun, and it's not really lit uh, to where we can see it. But if you're out in space, just like the Earth, it's a ball, as far as we know in science, and half of it, there's no dark side of the moon, okay? It's lit up. We just can't see it. It's the far side. The moon really only shows one face to the world, so we really only see half the moon. The other half is there, and... Half the time, it's lit up. We call it the dark side of the moon. It's really the far side of the moon. Okay? So this change of the moon phases, the lunar cycle, is really more of an illusion, and it just has to do with the way the light is falling on the moon from the sun relative to our vantage point, to where we're viewing it. Okay? So that's... A kind of a celestial <laughs> version or an example, kind of big and kind of out there and very much in the outer world, of how this opposing or seemingly very different aspect is actually really connected. Okay, and then that's the goal of a lot of spiritual traditions, certainly Taoism. And like Jesus said, when he was asked when he would return, when the two have been made one, when the inner is like the outer, okay? As above, so below goes back to hermetic wisdom. That's a quote from the Emerald Tablet. Whether any of this is real or not really doesn't matter because it's a great way of describing our world and our place in it. You can take... A tree, for example, and as above, there's the trunk, and it's this large part in the middle, and there are branches and twigs and things that go further and further out. They get smaller and smaller as it extends above the ground. Well, below the ground, there's a central taproot that goes down, and there are other roots that branch out. Okay, so it almost looks like a little tree <laughs> underneath this root system. And the larger the tree, the larger the root system. So as above, so below. As within, so without. All right, so to get to where we can reconcile these opposites, the most important way or the most important thing I guess you can do or think of is to really conceptualize these opposites, polar opposites, again, north and south, 
up and down, left and right. You have to look at them as being parts of the same thing. They're two sides of the same coin. And to reconcile, to unify these opposing forces, you have to look less at the different sides or the night and the day side of something and look more at the day-night, the left-right, the up-down, the in-out, the above-below, as if they're one thing, okay? And yes, you can focus on one part and say, well, I'm just going to look at the above-ground part of the tree, and that's fine. But it doesn't mean that that other part isn't there, all right? And I think socially, this is where we get really stuck. And this may be one of the great benefits of reconciling the opposites, because the greatest opposite socially, as far as human beings and, and well, I guess any kind of sentient being, is the me, not me. Okay? Mine, not mine. Me, you. These are different things, or they seem different. Okay, and they need to be. It's very practical, again, to have this differentiation, even this opposing uh, polar description of things. Very, very important. But it's not 100% real. You can't have one without the other. All right? So if I'm just looking at myself as some completely separate entity, as you, or another person, or everybody else that has practical purposes, okay, that has value. It can. It can be an individual. I have my own social security number. I have my own likeness, my own fingerprint. It's probably biometrically stored in some database somewhere right now. Uh, but that one's mine. Okay, and that's where I can be identified, and I can identify myself. I have a name. Okay, I have a whole physical being with these attributes, and my voice is a certain way, and my nose is a certain size, and all these characteristics that make up me, and hopefully <laughs> me in a different way that anybody else is made up, so we can all be our own person, but no man is an island. We don't exist. Even if you're a hermit, you don't really exist without everybody else. We are one humanity. Okay? We need the differentiation, but this exclusive, this exclusionary, this, not this, is really dangerous. And I think that's really kind of at the root of many of the problems socially that we face. In my country, the United States, we have a two-party system. It's not really true because we have uh, several other political parties, uh, but there seemingly are two viable ones, the left and the right, the blue and the red, the whatever, conservative, liberal, however you want to slice it up. And there seems to be great opposition and it comes down to a tiebreaker. A lot of the representatives and senators are kind of narrowly, uh, if at all, uh, 
weighted. You know, usually there might be one party in power, it might flip the next time, or it may come down to a tiebreaker because they're all very close within a certain margin. Okay, we are more alike than we are different. Okay, and on a greater level, this separateness, okay, this me, not me, that I am different than you gets really problematic. I mean, it already is, but it become even more so. And I think this really, again, with these spiritual traditions and our human family, if we're looking at all the differences and not looking at the similarities, we're really going to be in trouble. So it's a paradox to honor the differences, yet at the same time to recognize the connectedness, the complete deep connection that all these seemingly different and separate things have. Okay, And on the humanity level, we have the opposing humanity and divinity. So here's man and God, if you will. All right? Not true. We are connected. We need to see ourselves, yes, as individual humans, but we are part of the human family, and we are part of the larger existence in the cosmos, and we've forgotten that. All right? A lot of traditions, a lot of ancient religions and texts talk about that. They point towards that. They underscore the value in recognizing that. But I think that's been lost maybe in the last several hundred years. Maybe maybe it's been lost for thousands of years, or maybe every so often we try to do our best to get that reconnected again. All right? So, like, we all have a favorite food, for instance, all right? Mine can be different than yours. You could get a room full of 20 people, and every single one of them might be able to describe a food that they like or a favorite food. Now, is it going to be the same for everybody? Probably not. It could be 20 completely different favorite foods uh, for these 20 different individuals. But the thing that they share in common is the concept of having a favorite food. All 20 have a favorite food, which makes them the same, really. What's arbitrary or on the surface is, well, which food is your favorite? Which food is this other person's favorite? Okay, those could be different, but the concept of a favorite food is the same. Okay, so that's just a little bit of an idea about this reconciliation of opposites. You know, it's necessary that we have these opposing ideas or forces. You have to be able to distinguish one from another. But it's equally important, maybe even more so, to reach the connection, the deep, deep connectedness that we all have with each other and to this world and to the world beyond. All right? So get your yin and your yang together <laughs> and have them shake hands 
and live together because we are all one. We are all one with each other and this environment and the cosmos and space and time. And we are all one within ourselves. We are whole. We are complete. We are a walking, <laughs> if we walk, a uh, set of contradictions. Most people have some characteristic that defies or betrays the rest of their personality. We all have that. Okay, but we're not split. We're not divided within. It may feel like that sometimes, and it's sometimes feeling like a very real thing, but it's not. Okay, we are whole. You are whole. We are all whole together in our very different and interesting ways. We are the same. So that's reconciliation of the opposites. And thank you for spending some time with me today here on Living the Inner Life.